Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robots Radio presents You're listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters To those curious about D&D To learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons It's Dungeon and Dragons time. Sorry, Sergio, I got into it. You're back. No, I like that. I missed I like, you. I like that. Um, remember in Wayne's World, whenever they like go corporate and <laughs> they like do like this like super cheesy version of their like intro song? That's what that's reminded me of. <laughs> oh, thanks for that, Sergio. Well, yeah, no problem. Welcome back. back. We're back together for the Dungeons Dragons Lorecast. I am your host, the Almighty Crit, and joining me is my fellow host, Sergio. Hello, I've missed you all, all my Dungeoneers and Dragonettes. I've missed you so deeply. Now all I can picture is is uh, one of those dancers dressed like a dragon, because you said Dragonette. That's that's that was my intention. <laughs> What are we going to talk about this week? Well, this week, we're going to talk about some actual character lore. We're going to actually, yeah, we're, and I was excited about this because usually, like, you know, we've, we've steered into um, mechanics a Mm -hmm. lot, Um, but we're getting back into uh, the bread and butter of the D&D lore cast. We're going to talk, we're going to talk some lore. Yeah, I think. We had to steer that way to get prepped for going this direction. And yeah. uh, might I say, by the way, it's a new year. It is a new year. It is a new year. So we're going to bring a lot of new things to the Dungeons Dragons lore cast. New year, new us. That's Woo. how I look at it. Woo. But anyway, let's talk about in bringing, ushering in our new year. Let's talk about none other than the mighty legendary dritz no no we're not no we're not gonna no, talk, no we're not talking we're about not him. talking about some guy named dritz we're talking about the legendary drizzit the drizzit fine about, <laughs> uh well that's the first thing i guess we should discuss is it you pronounce it dritz mm-hmm. i pronounce it drizzit uh in in the prep for this episode and then you know scouring the the tower for for um, any kind of information I could find on everyone's favorite drow. Uh, I came upon an interview with his creator, R.A. Salvatore. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, like, how, like, you're the one who invented this character. You created him. How the heck do you say his name? And R.A. Salvatore says, is it, they said, is it Dritz or is it Drizzit? And, you know, you got Camp Dritz on one side. You got Camp Drizzit on the other. Like, which one is it? He's going to tell us. <laughs> Like it was, is it Dritz or is it Drizzit? And R.A. Salvatore says yes, <laughs> and he pretty much says like you know, yes. like this is the kind of argument I want to have happening. I want to have like two kids in a high school hallway saying like, no, it's Dritz, no, it's Drizzit, no, it's Dritz, no, it's Drizzit, and then the third kid come up and be like, what the hell are you arguing about? Like, oh, about these books you haven't read them? Oh, they're great. He's like, and I win either way. More people read my books. <laughs> Uh, Mary in the chat says she always read it as drist, like the word gist. You know, and I've heard that as well. I was always partial to dritz. You know, that's what I grew up on. That's what I heard. See, I grew up on the drizzit. See, see, I guess it's one of those things where where you live in the world 
is perhaps, how you pronounce it. A regional dialect. Yeah, regional dialect. But anyway, we're going to talk about our legendary Dark Elf friend today. And there's quite a bit on him. Oh, I mean, you were talking in the uh, in the pre-episode chat that's available to all of our patrons. You can sign up on patreon.com slash Lorecast. You get early episodes, you get bonus episodes, you get the uh like the post, the pre and post show banter. Uh thank you, Mind Gap, for the uh for the subs. Legend. Uh, you know, you also uh on certain tiers have stickers, certain tiers have t-shirts, certain tiers, you're able to play a DD campaign with us. So it's very cool. Uh but yeah, you were saying in the the pre-show banter that uh you haven't read the books and i was like well i mean uh i wouldn't you know uh i wouldn't blame anyone for not having not read all of them because there's like just about 40 of them mm-hmm. in the past uh 40 years so pretty much coming out at one one when you uh you know one per year uh like i and i mentioned earlier that i had a friend who this is like pre it is like you know no internet access you know the only way you could find out if a book you know if a book existed was like looking in the back of another like similar book and he <laughs> the was the old obs- school way of doing the it old school way <laughs> and he was obsessed with uh with figuring out like finding like reading them all mm. he loved them he loved them and that's really kind of what got me turned on to them is uh is like his um his passion for the character and for the mm-hmm. stories which uh you know like which is exactly the sort of like you know um idea that Ari Salvatore had is like you know, like you're going to find out about these books from from someone else. You're going to find out like someone's going to recommend them to you. And that's how you'll discover uh, the stories that that he's that he's that he's woven with this uh, incredible character. I mean, he he kind of stealth releases them. I mean, yeah, they're advertised like everything else, but it's not big and flashy like D&D you know wizards of the coast style like wizards of the coast style throws in your face every chance they get new book i mean have you scrolled through your facebook lately i mean it's D D. just new book oh D beyond and it, they're just throwing things in your face which you know i appreciate because maybe i might have missed a new release or something but the dritz books they did not do this it's very hush hush release some well, websites may cover it. It may be mentioned here or there, but they're for the most part, they've always been kind of stealth released. Well, yeah, I mean, I, w- I don't know that I would say that it's it's a stealth release, but um, especially like nowadays, uh, you know, it's very like there's so many different books coming out that it's it's very hard to like tap into that zeitgeist and have so many people like so many different people across like different demographics talking mm-hmm. about one book yeah you know uh in you know in the in the gaming scene in the in the tabletop role playing gaming uh crowd for sure like a, a new drizzit book coming out was you know probably not like you know a huge deal because i mean yeah i mean because like i said there's probably like, it was like on average one a year so you know, if it was like every few years, I think like, you know, like back when the heck the Harry Potter books were coming out every three or four years, mm. you know, that was like, you know, Barnes and Noble and Borders <laughs> opening up at midnight and driving the employees crazy. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, and not to say that, you know, there's this is a, a quantity over quality type situation, but, you know, Salvatore does does churn them out on a regular basis. And so it might take a little bit of, uh, you know, pizzazz out of the out of the the release. Mm -hmm. So we've talked about the releases and we've talked a lot about this, but let's get down to the nitty gritty of who Dritz is. Well, let's, uh, let's look, let's look at the character of Drizzt. And I'm going to, I'm going to call him Drizzt the entire time. That's okay. I'll call him Drizzt. You call him Drizzt. Let's look at him as he exists in, in our, in our world. Okay. So, like back in uh, like the late '80s, Salvatore writes his book called "Echoes of the Fourth Magic," and he submits it to TSR, who you know started the company that you know Gygax and everyone started to sell D and D that eventually uh, was sold to Wizards of the Coast. And they asked him if he could set it in the Forgotten Realms campaign setting, if he could 
um, like uh, if he could retroactively make it fit into into that into that world because that was something that they were trying to do at that time was sort of expand um, that product into not just only the game but books and even comic books. There's like a yep. 25 issue uh, comic series um, from DC Comics of Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. And so they, they felt they, they really had an IP worth um, like worth milking, right? And so uh, they only had one book, one novel set in the Forgotten Realms uh, a, a universe, you know, campaign at that time, you know, as opposed to like Dragonlance, which, you know, which book upon book upon oh, book yeah. upon book. I felt like Forgotten Realms could be like another Dragonlance. And so, uh, so he goes back, you know, he kind of starts tweaking some stuff and he gets his, uh, he, he assumed that the Moonshay Isles was the entirety of Faerun until TSR gave, gave him a map. And they're like, no, dummy, this is like, this is all of, this is the entirety of, uh, of this is, this is all of Faerun right here. And he's like, oh, dip. Okay. Like, well, uh, I'm going to set my story in Icewind Dale. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Icewind Dale being the the frozen uh, geographic area in northern Arun. Um So the first uh, the first book it was a it was a, a trilogy to start off with, and he, he usually uh, Salvatore usually writes his books in trilogies. Uh, but the first book of the first trilogy was called the Crystal Shard, and original. So there's a character in the Crystal Shard, and in he also is is very prevalent uh, in the other Salvatore uh, Dritz books, Drizit books. Uh, his name is Wolfgar. He's a human barbarian, and he was actually uh, like sl- uh, slated to be the main character at the time. And really, uh, Drizit Doerden was kind of created spur of the moment on like on the spot. Because they're like, you should give Wolfgar like a cool sidekick, you know, like everyone, like every great hero needs a, like a great sidekick. And so like, you know, if Salvatore's, you know, uh, memory is to be believed and he might be embellishing a little bit, um, like he might've had like the idea for this uh, drow character in the back Mm -hmm. of his mind and then use this, you know, Use the the opportunity of TSR saying like you know give us a sidekick and he pulls it out at that moment but uh yeah he just says like okay I've got I've got this uh this drow ranger uh named uh, Drizzit Doerden and uh, that can be a sidekick and the character was so well received and I and more nuanced than uh than a human barbarian is because you know it's the the drow are traditionally uh you know have, have been, traditionally been evil characters been yeah. an evil race of a uh, of subterranean dark elves and uh drizzit's character like bucks all that drizzit's character is the antithesis to all that um salvatore compares him sort of to um he says he's a classic romantic hero um, and romantic, not in the like kissy kissy, smoochy kisses, Titanic, mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, the notebook sort of romance, but in the more traditional, um, uh, for, in the more traditional phrasing of romance, meaning like it's a, it's just, uh, romance is just a story. It's like a, it's a narrative. Um, and, uh, but there's usually like, you know, exciting, uh, events or adventures, um, ro- like, uh, like Tarzan is a romance in, in the traditional sense. Um, that sort of idea is like that sort of usage is now like sort of um, fallen out of flavor because, you know, when, like I said, when you think romance, now you think, you know, the kissy kissy. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> uh, but, but that's why he says he's like the classic romantic hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, he compares him to Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, you know, this sort of like um, uh, sort of this, this, swashbuckler who's sort of out of place in many ways in many respects um but has like a strong moral code and a strong loyalty to those he cares for and you know will you know will even die to protect them um 
but yeah, so he's uh, so he's introduced in that first trilogy. Uh, you know, the Crystal Shard was the first book of that trilogy, which is known as the Icewind Dale uh, trilogy. And like I said, he's so popular that Salvatore, like I said, he doesn't shunt Wolfgar off to the side. Like, you know, he's definitely, a, you know, he's like a, he's a main-ish character in his mm-hmm. books. But Drizzt really takes center stage at this point. Yeah. Uh, and he's given, uh, his backstories given in a prequel trilogy that's released after um, the Icewind Dale trilogy. Uh, it's known as a Dark Elf trilogy. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, there's like almost like 30 or 40 books now <laughs> that compose the legend of Drizzt. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's sort of like a publication history in a nutshell. And if you would like, we can discuss uh, the character backstory. Well, of course we need to. This is the Dungeon and Dragons lore cast. So... Let's discuss his backstory. Before we jump into this, it's it's worth noting that though I may not have read the books, that does not that does not mean that I am not knowledgeable about the stories. Because these stories, some of these stories have been translated into campaigns as well. Oh no, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh these and that was the one thing that um when I first started playing Forgotten Realms was hard to wrap my mind around is because these these novels that are coming out um, like are canon. Oh, yeah. And depending on when you like if you want to play, like I said, like with anything in Dungeons and Dragons, you can use it or not. Like you say, like, I don't like that. Like I I've include I've included a Warforged. Uh, character in a non-Eberron campaign just because I had a had a player who was like, oh, that's cool. Can I play that? I'm like, yeah, sure, why yeah. not? <laughs> Let's do... um, but yeah, like I said, so, but if you want to play uh, Forgotten Realms and use the canon history and lore that uh, that has been established, depending on when you start your campaign, you know, uh, on the, in a timeline, you will either... Uh, some stuff will have will have already happened or some stuff mm-hmm. will have not happened. And so it was hard for me to wrap my mind around like keeping up, um, like having a campaign and then having a book come out that might affect the camp- your campaign yep. in some respects. Um, but, but it's, 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 you know, so it kind of, it, like I said, it kind of tripped me up at first, but then I kind of looked at it from a different perspective. Like that's actually really cool. It's a, that makes your, your playing in a dynamic living world yeah that you know where stuff is happening outside of your you know outside of your map grid mm-hmm. and so the i you know the the trick is to uh if you want to continue doing that incorporating what happens in these books into your campaign as much as possible yeah so it's worth noting that dritz is one of the f- I wouldn't say very first, but he's one of the first recorded drow to rebel against their quote unquote natural way of things. Yeah. So that being said, let's talk about our boy Dretz. Let's talk about his backstory. So he's born little bait, little uh, five pound, four ounce baby Drizzt Doerden. I don't know how I, I drows are typically smaller, like smaller mm-hmm. humanoids. Like, you know, they're all like, they're like a very, like, like it's, um, they would be like a small human. Yeah. So I just took like the average, like baby weight of like seven pounds and just made it smaller. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how much he weighed at birth. Um, but, uh, screw it. I'm establishing it right now. Five pounds, four ounces. <laughs> And uh, then we can start, you can just tell people that and then eventually be like, who started that? Who started And Aria Salvatore be like, that's, that's not true. That's not accurate at all. <laughs> um, so he's born in the city of spiders, Menzo Baranzin. Uh, it's the drow society is, it's their patron goddess is Lolf. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result, it's a matriarchal society, you know, where, um, where the women are, you know, have positions of leadership and control. And so uh, his mother, his mother is named Matron Malice. 
And she's, and as a result of it being a matriarchal society, she is the head of House Doerden, uh, while his father, uh, Zach Nafian, he is a weapons master. Like he, uh, like he is skilled with a blade in, in using it and making them. Um, now it's it's interesting you mentioned like you know, Drizzt being the first uh, or one of the first to openly rebel against. Uh, drow society mm-hmm. he actually he got that from his daddy got that from his mm-hmm. pappy uh yep. his father secretly hated drow society and passed this on to his son as well as his skill with the blade yeah and that's so, why i made a denotation to say one of the first <laughs> yeah you know and um while his father uh didn't openly rebel like he obviously mm-hmm. harbored some sort of resentment um, and there have actually uh, there there are stories, at least one that I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there's a story that um, focuses on uh, Zach Nafian and and Drizzt is actually like a you know he's a he's a background character. He's like a child at this point, but it sort of focuses on like you know what uh, you know how um, his father's mentality came to be. But uh, so. Uh, you know, Drizzt's living. He's living underground, like all the other Drow. Um, so they're uh, they have a raid on a group of elves on the surface, mm-hmm. uh, and Drizzt. You know, he's he's not down with it. He doesn't. He's but he's for one reason or another. He just doesn't. He isn't willing to participate in killing these these uh these re- these elves yeah you know along his alongside his brethren yeah uh and he has a chance to kill an elf child but um he only pretends to do that and actually lets the child escape so she burns off um but that deception is found out so they his the the raiding party that he was with figure out that he has you know disgraced Lolth uh let this surface elf live and you know uh a penance must be made so rather than uh see his son sacrificed uh his father actually is sacrificed in his place to to appease Lolth and at this this is pretty much like the end the end of the this is you know the end of the road for for Drizzt in in the drow society uh he uh there's a you know this it's uh R.A. Salvatore sort of com- uh compared it to like the old um like mob bo- or mob wars like there's like five different houses always sort of vying for power yep in drow society you know there are uneasy alliances which are then broken just as you know easily as they were formed you know and so it's there's always you know there's always moving and shaking going around and so after uh after one such uh war subsequent war with another drow house drizzt says i'm done spits on his family name <laughs> you know, turns his back on the evil drow ways mm-hmm. and you know escapes uh menzo berenson uh and then travels into the un- underdark and then eventually you know travels to the surface so that's a lot of info to take in <laughs> yeah that's that that's and that's that info just, dump you come for that's just the beginning so Long story short, Dritz gets his rebellious attitude from his daddy dearest, gets his sword skills from daddy dearest. And because he chose to choose, let's say, follow the path of light here, the drow rebelled against him or not rebelled. I'm just poor choice of words. They refused him at that point. He was no longer what they expected. And because of all of this, he was then outcast. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, to me, I, I look at it as a, like, you can't fire me, I quit sort of situation. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Like uh, they were you know, going to do something about it, but then he just went and quit. Yeah, Drizzt <laughs> didn't want to be there. The mm-hmm. Drow didn't want him there, and so you know, they I, I don't want to say that they sort of like you know brushed their hands and you know parted ways because they're definitely still squabbling to this day. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe. Now quote me if I'm wrong here. I believe the reason they let him go is because they thought he was going to die anyway. No, well, yeah, because uh, Drow have, you know, certain um, weaknesses against sunlight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have weaknesses against, uh, like, uh, you know, they're. I mean, it's, it's essentially a fish out of water type situation. Yeah, they're not vampires by any means. I mean, they walk in the sunlight; they're not going to burst into flames. But their vision is—it's a lot harder for them to see in the sunlight. They, you know, they're there are more apt to the darkness. So stepping into the sunlight isn't hurt them. It just makes things more difficult. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and they, the other thing is the drow view the outside world as savages. Essentially they are, they're murderers and they're terrible. And they would, they would immediately rather kill a drow than ever align with them. So right. the family, the 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 drow themselves were, they flat out just said, you know what, go, because they're going to kill you anyway, so it's just going to be less work for us. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, pretty much like, you know, like, we'll let, you know, the, in their eyes, like, the real evil, uh, like, surface dwellers, you know, do what, you know, will you know, what surface dwellers do, which is kill us, kill our people Mm -hmm. anyway. So anyway, uh, yes, continue. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, and that like, as far as like his, um, and like, this is sort of like a origin, like portion right here. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's also around this time that he uh, acquires the small, um, statue, like statuette that allows him to summon his magical black Panther, uh, Gwen Wivar. Uh, who you know travels by his side and joins in on his adventures. So, uh, yeah, if, if you yeah, if you are new to the D and D game, or perhaps for uh, you know have heard of you know this character Drizzt, uh, you know he is one of the single. I would say he's probably the most popular character in D and D fandom. <laughs> He's definitely the most recognizable. Yeah, exactly. He is the most recognizable. He is the first one everyone thinks of. I wouldn't say the most popular. It's hard to say that because there's a lot of them out there that are popular. You know, you've got some of the deities are popular. Mimics. I mean, you, everybody knows what a mimic is. You know, it, there's yeah, a lot Stroud, of things. Of course. Yeah, yep. So there's a lot of them out there that are faves. But this is uh, arguably the most recognizable character. When you see him you immediately go that's him that's the guy i know him (laughs) i mean uh he was one of the first characters um and and that and it's it also i guess is a testament to how popular the forgotten realms campaigns is uh setting is itself Mm -hmm. i mean it's um it started off as ed greenwood's like personal campaign setting it became an official campaign setting and uh, with advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And now with fifth edition, it is the de facto uh, setting for the game itself. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like the, uh, like the default setting mm-hmm. for the game. And, you know, and like I said, that that's because of characters uh, like, like Drizzt, uh characters like Elminster, uh characters that uh somehow like speak to the player speak to the reader in ways that um that other characters haven't and you know that other characters that you know have been introduced and sort of fallen by the wayside you know these characters mm-hmm. have persevered through the decades um and then like and yeah after the after the middle of the show i kind of want to talk about like why that may be like why have why is Drizzt, the character, um, been so popular for so long. Yeah. So let's talk about some of his achievements. We'll cut to our mid-break, and then we will get to that. So what are some of Dritz's achievements through life? I mean, aside from, you know, 
surviving, you know, being a drow mm-hmm. that survives on the surface. Um, you know, he's he's known by uh, his swordplay is you know without parallel. Oh yeah, uh, you know he's got a um, uh, oh the freaking uh, um, it's a uh, scimitar. And what's the other play? What's the other type of sword? Or is um, it two? It's two scimitars, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I believe but, it's two scimitars. Uh, but the names are amazing. Icing Death. One sword is named Icing Death, which sounds like the most brutal metal band ever. <laughs> and then the other sword is called Twinkle. Twinkle. <laughs> oh. See, I love it. I I love it because this one sword is just screaming murder, and the other one's like, "I'm here." <laughs> oh goodness! Now, some notable things about him is Dritz is a ranger. Yep, absolutely. He is a he's, ranger. He's. Uh, I would argue that he is sort of like the perfect like ranger archetype. Oh, perfect! Perfect. Uh, the, some of the things there's a, there's a lot and honestly, we may end up having to do another episode on Dritz just to discuss his achievements alone, because there's so many to go into with him. I mean, you have the, his underdark achievements, you have his surface achievements, you have, uh, the rise of many arrows, the post spell plague, you have, you have all kinds of achievements for him. I mean, it's a lot. I mean, the man rode a dragon. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> so what we, you know what? I think we should do a Patreon exclusive episode on the rest of this. I think we should. I think we should. So with that being said, let's jump to the middle of our show and talk about some of our wonderful DMG. Kill. Stuff. <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the show, Sergio. It's very middly in here. <laughs> so middly. It's middly in the middly show. <laughs> I don't know. Try to do the Turtle Club thing and it's not working. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, while we're here, should we take a moment to thank our patrons? We should. We should thank uh, all of our patrons. Uh, I want to start off uh, thanking, of course, Lupus Malum, our deity, our deity patron. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lupus has been a, a supporter of the show uh, since the beginning, since you know, uh, back when you know Tom and Stu were doing it, and has mm-hmm. continued to be a supporter of the show as we've taken over the reins, and we're so uh, you know so happy that he's uh, that he is a member of the community. Uh, I can't wait to play our, our next uh, campaign session with him. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a perk that you get at the uh, DD level is being able to play in a monthly D&D campaign mm-hmm. that is DM'd by Crit. Uh, and we also have uh, Sergeant Reaper and Tex, Tex Tinstar at our wizard uh, level. Uh, they are able to uh, at the at wizard level and above. You're able to join every month at the end of the month for our patron chat. It's a rotating uh, topic. We'll discuss um, like obviously last month with it being the end of the year. The discussion was about um, you know what to expect in the upcoming year for D and D. In November, we talked about gratitude, like things we're grateful for in D and D. Also, Jonathan Sutter as a wizard patron. Uh, so want to thank uh, Wolf the Sheepdog, Daniel P, and who am I, who am I missing out? Remington, Remington Cloutier. <laughs> I knew I was missing somebody. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for uh, supporting us. Um, you know, that money goes into um, one, like buying any new uh, material that we get to cover for the show. It also goes into a lot of cool like giveaways and uh, you know 
giveaways and uh, you know charity stuff that we want to get started. We've already given away uh, one book. It was the Haunt Trilogy in hardcover from PB Publishing. And we have a lot more stuff planned for 2022. Uh, if you are interested in, in doing that, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash D&D Lorecast and sign up for as low as five bucks. And uh, if finances aren't, you know, where you can uh, sign up, you know, please continue listening. Tell a friend, you know, that's more than we could ask for. Now, you mentioned giveaways. I did. So I have in my hands here, oh, oh God, a very big box. It's a very, very big box. The nice big box you got there. You can can hear how heavy that is. What's in that box? Oh, that is one of our first giveaways this year. Yeah. It's so heavy. (laughs) Yeah, we got, we got a lot of cool stuff uh, planned um, for, you know, for the listeners and for some like very awesome charities Mm -hmm. that, you know, Crit and I both support. So, with all that being said, look forward to an exciting 2022 from none other than the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. And with that being said, what'd you bring for us today, Sergio? Well, in keeping with the Drizzit talk, I was perusing the DMs Guild, which I i mean, I, I've spent so much money on this website already. I like I can't imagine if I had like an open checkbook how much I I'd probably just buy everything. I'd probably <laughs> buy everything and maybe even buy you a copy too cuz I like <gasps> you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> um but yeah, so this let me pull it up. This week it is from Darren G Scott, The Drizzit Doerden's Guide to Combat. Ooh. Um, some reviews of this book. This is an immensely useful book full of tips and techniques to make combat special, highly recommended. Uh, and then also my life as a DM and a player in combat scenarios had, has been made so much easier and less stressful. So this guide to combat, this Drizzit Stewarden's guide to combat is a resource to help you run the most fun combat ever have, no matter your DMing style. It's a distillation of knowledge from the masters of the hobby as well as the experience held by each of the contributors. So what I love about this book, beyond like its very reasonable $7.45 price tag, is it gives, you know, it gives folks ideas and tips on how to make combat, you know, more unique. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you know, it's it's very easy to fall into the, you know, okay, okay, it's your turn. I roll this, I attack with my scimitar, like, okay. Uh, that's a hit. Now roll for damage. Cool. All right. Cool. You hit for you know, seven points of damage. All right. Is that all you want to do? Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's it. Uh, actually, I, I'm going to take a. Five, I'm going to move back ten feet. Like, all right. Cool. Uh, you don't attack any uh, attack. You don't provoke any attack of opportunities. Uh, all right. Who's next on the on the initiative roll? You know, I can get sort of like you know, wrote and mm-hmm. like not, not that sort of magical sense of you know, danger and, yep. and and suspense and and fun that combat is supposed to be, you know? And so what I, like I said, what I love about this book is that it gives you insights on how to run like unforgettable combat. It, um, from, you know, in, you know, from getting the players engaged to actually mm-hmm. speeding up the play, you know? So if, uh, if you feel that as a DM, uh, you know, like the, you don't want it to seem grindy, but you know, an encounter must take place. You can go sort of like speed up the speed up the encounter process, the the whole combat process. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's available uh, on DMs Guild. It's called the Drizzit Doerden's Guide to Combat. It's seven forty five. Uh, a link to it will be posted in the show notes, and I highly recommend it. It already sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, it's it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, it, to to make mention, I just want to make mention a lot of these things you bring up. I've already seen this one. I haven't seen, and I'm really interested in, and I'm probably gonna go snatch it up because this oh, sounds awesome. I mean, anything that um, that 
makes makes the game more unique like makes the game feel less like uh, less streamlined more fantasy yeah well i mean like here's the thing like like i love like skyrim i love cyberpunk but there you know as many different like variations and and um like sort of like branches off the tree trunk that it can have Mm -hmm. There's only gonna be so many because it's you know it's hard coded into the game. Yep. Like nothing that isn't coded into the game is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's we, not the case with a tabletop role playing game. That's not the case with Dungeons and Dragons. There's no magical code. It's all literally anything, anything can happen. <laughs> and so when you know when a D and D session starts to feel like it could have been, you know, you with anybody, you know, you with, you know, uh, you know, five random people rather than you and like five of your best friends or five of your family members. Uh, you know, that's when I feel like, you know, something like this could come in handy, something to like add a little mm-hmm. you know, spice to the chowder. Oh, yeah. So with that being said, I don't have any minis this week. I know I'm terrible. I got no minis. Dude, speaking of minis, though, if you if you're listening to this and you are in the mini game, I recommend getting yourself a 3D printer because one of my buddies in one of my campaigns got one for Christmas, and he's been sending the the campaign group text, the group chat, photos of stuff that he's printed out. And they look freaking amazing. Oh, yeah. They look incredible. And the best part is Hero Forge got tons of new stuff coming in 22 for customization. And if you already have a 3D printer, you can pay the cheap for the STL and yep. just print it from that. Yep. You can do that. You can. Mm-hmm. You There's can, my mini for the uh, week. There you go. That's my mini advice <laughs> for the week. <laughs> Buy a 3D printer and design them on Hero Forge. Bingo. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, I, I I I was amazed, I at how at how good they looked. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I I thought they'd be not like you know super. I I figured they looked kind of like, you know, like the um like the generic Power Ranger action figures <laughs> that you'd get at like the dollar store. You know, nah, nah. Mm-mm. No, they look great. They look fantastic. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So with all that being said, let's head to the end of the episode let's go thanks for listening to the dungeons and dragons that's the wrong sound (laughs) that's why that's why we don't pay you that's the right sound there we go that's that maybe maybe we'll pay you this week but maybe listen i'm making the same mistakes that uh that our good old Tom, good old Tom did. <laughs> Pressing buttons is hard. It's a hard it's thing. It's really to do. hard, especially when we got all the buttons for all the shows. <laughs> but anyway, right, we're at the end of the episode, and right now, I know we didn't delve too much into the lore of Dritz, but again, there is so much to cover. And honestly, if you haven't read the books and you're in the middle of the books, this is a very touchy character because there are some people that are slowly reading through these books. And I feel like at this point to talk too much about his history and his background and his achievements would ruin it for some people. Well, at the same time too, I mean, it's not just the books you have, um, uh, you know, the video games Mm -hmm. also. Yep. The campaign, the campaign books, the, You've got some, there's, there's tons of material. There's just hours upon hours of content on him. I mean, you have Neverwinter Nights. Uh, you have um, Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. You've got, I mean, the list just goes on and on. And the, honestly, you could do 16 episodes on Dritz and only get maybe a third of the way through his accomplishments and his achievements. Some yep. of the ones that stood out to me were when, you know, he went to, um, I keep wanting to call it Winterforge. It's not Winterforge. It's, um, why is it off my brain? Icewind Dale? Icewind Dale, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Icewind Dale and the dragon. 
Yeah. You know, uh, I think it was Windale. I think was the dragon's name. Ah, that one always slips me. Um, I will look it up. Um, maybe it was Icewind. I cannot remember that. I will find the name again. It's been forever since I have read about the dragon. But anyway, it, uh, yeah, it's Icewind. Icewind. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Icewind. The whole. No, no, it's the name of those. Uh, it's uh, Arbiturus. Arbiturus? Yeah. I thought it was well, Icewind. Well, it's Icewind Maybe. Dale. Oh. See, it's been forever. <laughs> but at any rate, yes, uh, that that was a moment that stood out to me because it was a massive... It is a, it's a massive battle. It's... It, it's it's phenomenal it's once again it's a phenomenal situation it's just so much but again it's an achievement that stood out to me and that brings me into why he's probably one of the most infamous characters in dnd i mean he he speaks to i feel like a a, a basic human uh, need to be true to yourself. Oh yeah, um, you know, like there's that famous line from Hamlet. You know, to thine own self be true. You know, that's uh, you know, uh, in so this sort of like archetype of somebody, you know, turning their back on tradition, like rejecting tradition for one reason or another you know, is as old as, you know, story itself. You know, uh, when I, when I read about Drizzt and, you know, and their sort of, um, their journey, you know, out of drow society, you know, I'm reminded of like, you know, the mythological, like Prometheus who, you know, stole, uh, you know, fire from the gods and gave it to humans. Mm-hmm. You know, he turned he turned his back on you know the people that were like him to help people that were not like him. And yeah. so, like you know, there's there's a lot of that like in that sort of idea in story. That sort of, you know, so you see like a lot of that in in books. You see a lot of that in movies where you know, uh, like somebody decides to be true to to themselves. And rejects, you know, what is, uh, you know, what is, you know, placed before them. And so, uh, Wolf Floor, Wolf Floor says, like, nah, let's sacrifice people to Lulf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so let's do it. Let's and so do that, it. That sort of idea of, of somebody saying, like, yeah, no, I, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to do me. I think, you know, appeals to not just, you know. Um, like to humanity in general, but specifically like to America. I mean, like, obviously like, you know, this country was founded on the idea of like, Hey, no, like we don't like what you're, you know, we don't want to do that because that's not fair. Mm-hmm. So we, we're going to do our own thing. Um, well, see for me, I feel like what brought, what a lot of people liked about his concept was, He was the rebellion that everyone wanted in D&D. Yep. Simply put, he was the drow who could who was good. You don't know how many times I'd come to a D&D table and people would be like, I want to be drow. And the DM would go, no, they're evil. Yeah. Dritz changed the concept. He was the rule breaker, yeah. the, the manipulator of the system. He was he was the opening to what we are seeing today in D&D, the evolution of not all creatures are inherently evil. Yep. You know, and I welcome this change because it reflects real life. Nothing in this world is inherently evil. You know, it's just not. And well, yeah, it's like, you know, it it you, the game used to operate in binaries, mm-hmm. like you're either this or you're that. Yeah. And you know, like Drizzt introduced uh you know, a level of like, you know, of a color like the level of gray 
you know, in this black and white world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it allowed, uh, you know, and then and then in the stories themselves, you know, like Salvatore, like, I mean, obviously like if he wasn't, you know, a popular or interesting character, he wouldn't have nearly 40 books written about him. It's like, yeah. you know, if, if people aren't clamoring to read more, it's not like he's going to, he's going to keep churning them out. Um, but he's able to, like, he's created this, this sort of, uh, this multifaceted character who, you know, uh, like I said, like has like this long line of tradition behind him, mm-hmm. but, you know, who also wants to, you know, wants to walk away from that, but also do his own thing, but at sometimes like, isn't sure how. Exactly. Yeah. So the idea that, uh, you know, he's got like a sort of like internal conflict, like, because, you know, there are some like physiological, uh, uh, you know, drow, um, like features that he, that he can't turn his back on. Like, it's like literally like more or less in his blood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the idea that he's evil, that, that, or that drows are supposed to be evil, like isn't in their blood. But the idea, like, you know, um, like, uh, like his, uh, like infrared vision, like that's something that's, that's a, that's a, you know, in the, the parlance of the game, that's a racial feat. Mm-hmm. And so he can't turn his back uh, entirely on, on the drow race because, you know, whether he likes it or not, he still is a drow. Yeah. And there's such some things that he can't, you know, as a result, you know, can't, can't help, can't prevent. Yeah. It's, it would be the same concept as you came from a family of thieves, but you're not a thief. Well, it's not in your blood, but you still have to admit the fact that you came from a family of thieves. Yeah. (laughs) It's no different. I mean, or just like, like your, like your entire family has red hair and you're, you're all thieves. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, like I have red hair, I can't help that, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, that's but that's I, a thing. I, I can help, you know, whether or not I want to be a thief. Yeah, and so that's sort of like you know what Drizzt has done. Like he he can't help that he's a drow. He can't help that, you know, he has, um, like onyx black skin and like mm-hmm. you know, uh, silver, you know, white hair. But he can, you know, decide to like you know I'm not going to sacrifice. Uh, people to loth i don't want to do that yeah it's in a long story short kind of way dritz was the opening to a lot of new a lot of exploration of new possibilities in D. i think that's what makes him more popular one of the most popular characters or most most well-known characters as well as one of the most infamous because he changed the rules for not only fans of the series, but players at a table because now when we want to play drow and the DM says, no, they're evil. We can go, "Mm, but are they because Dritz, you know, it's, he changed the rules. He changed the way we saw things and he opened up a whole new exploration of the D and D series. No. Yeah. And you know, I, I like the the fact that you know he sort of inherited this uh, this mistrust and this distaste mm-hmm. for drow society from his dad rather than you know it's just like he's like this freak occurrence that you know the <laughs> yes. one the one drow in all yep. of drow society yep uh you know this is something that um is definitely not prevalent but it's definitely it definitely there's there is some of it in in drow society you know some mm-hmm. sort of you know i wanting to like push back and and wolf in the chat wolf's lore talks about how like they they really did hammer home the fact that drow society was evil like loth was evil uh like resided in um like in the abyss in a in the uh, 66th level or layer of the abyss mm-hmm. and you know that's you know that when when they discuss you know the and while some people like don't really um subscribe to alignments anymore i always thought that 
the alignments was it was a interesting way to add nuance yeah into um into pe- the character's motivations yeah so uh, like if like if you're lawful evil you know uh you might not necessarily think like what you're doing is evil mm-hmm. because you are playing by the rules oh yeah you know and if you know if the if i weren't allowed to do this according to the rules well then i'm not wrong then the rules are wrong and like your beef isn't with me it's with whoever set up these rules and so uh and so the idea that um that just because something is evil it just means like you know like oh well it's like it's, it's like sort of the idea of like you know like like uh like like the chaotic evil or like they're just like the really nasty like let's just like ha- like kill and sacrifice and do whatever it is um you know there's some definite nuance that can go into that and so i do i do like that you know like a sort of like course correction of you know of you know, avoiding like you know um just you know broad strokes of like oh these these types of creatures are always evil these types of creatures are uh you know never evil you know you're allowing for some more nuance and i appreciate mm-hmm. that oh yeah so first i must apologize because dritz is one of those characters that i'm not terribly familiar with <laughs> it's just one of those things <laughs> So if my information was incorrect, I would like you to let me know. Send me an email. You can always email us at Dungeons. I believe it's Dungeons and Dragons Lurecast at gmail.com. No, it's D&D Lurecast. That's Everything what it is. is D&D Lurecast. D&D Lurecast. Yep. I am. All, we are also in the Discord. You can always get us a hold of us at the Robots Radio Discord. You can chat with us there. And I would love to personally learn more about Dritz. I know a few things, but... It's one of those things where I just, I know what I know from the campaign books. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's one of those things. <laughs> but anyway, we're coming to the end of the show. And I promised last week two magical items because I did oh. not give one last week. Let's hear them then. All right. So in honor of Dritz, okay. We know that the Underdark Dwellers have a hard time with the sun, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sunlight hurts eyes. Hurts my eyes. I don't even live underground. <laughs> exactly. So I've come up with a fantastical magical item, which you have seen if you've played homebrew games as Underdark characters. You've already seen these multiple times, and they are volcanic glasses. Okay. Okay. So they're basically sunglasses. <laughs> They're really cool Ray-Bans. They're really cool Ray-Bans. But I have added a twist to these. Okay, since volcanic glass is typically used in your campaigns, in most of the campaigns that I have played, as your, shall we say, your lens shader, I thought it would be interesting to, in addition to you still being able to use your dark vision, you now have heat vision. Oh, okay. So... Once per day, and only once per day, you may cast, okay, you ready for this, either, I forgot the name of it, hold on, it's coming to me, <laughs> uh, it's been a long day, uh, oh goodness, it's fire spell, it shoots a beam, mm-hmm. not fireball, that's oh, not fireball, goodness, shoots a no. beam, shoots a beam, it is a cantrip, usually. I have forgotten, and I'm terrible DM. As I said, it's been a long day. My brain hurts. <laughs> uh, produce flame. No. Firebolts. Firebolts. There we okay. go. Firebolts. So you can use firebolt once per day, okay, which doesn't sound fantastic. However, whatever you hit instantly takes times five damage from that firebolt. Okay. So that is your also, first effect. In the chat, Mary said that you're a can't trip. I can't trip. Yeah, I'm a can't trip. <laughs> I can't. That's how trip. I read it. That's how I read it, at least. <laughs> I, my brain went. Um, however, the second effect for these glasses, all right, 
In addition to be able to cast Firebolt with a times five multiplier, you can also choose to emit a sort of heat wave from yourself. Okay? This is extremely useful if your party is traveling through, let's say, Icewind Dale. So while wearing these, you can choose to expend your once per day slot to create a 60-foot area around you that causes an immediate immunity to cold. Okay. So that's our first item. They're the volcanic glasses. The second item... I think of them as uh, to quickly plug one of your other shows, the Resident Evil lore cast. I think of them as like Wesker's sunglasses from the <laughs> Resident Evil's movies. Yes. So the second item, um, I'm a little bit more prepared on this one. Uh, these are boots of swift darkness. So with these boots, while wearing these boots, you can add a plus 10 to your stealth while in shadow. That's a lot. Yes. However, when you are in broad daylight, you will take a minus five to your stealth rolls. Better stick to the shadows then. Mm -hmm. In addition to this plus 10 stealth, if you manage to... If you manage to hit with a sneak attack bonus, so any attack made that grants you a sneak attack bonus, you will then roll an additional percentile. If you get high, you will immediately drift back into the shadows and go back into hiding. If you roll low, so below 50%, right. you will, there will be no effect. I mean, it's a 50-50 shot. So, yes. Those are our, those are our magical items of the day. Travis says you need to hit my reset button. I feel it. Yeah, I I think you do. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) It has been a rough day today. (laughs) Yeah, I am very tired. So I apologize to everyone. It's it's been a day. (laughs) It's been it's always it's always a day. It is always every every after every night. That's another day. (laughs) It's always one. It's always one. So, Sergio, before we go, what would you like to share with us today? I want to share that. I love you all. Everybody listening, I love you. And also listen to my other podcast. (laughs) Now that we're on a a first name basis like that. Um, (laughs) My other podcast, Fandom University, is back from its winter hiatus. We took um, the the last six weeks off and we're coming back strong. We did a, we stealth released a a special Matrix episode Mm -hmm. where we talked about the original trilogy plus the new movie. Um, But starting next week, we'll be back um, on a regular schedule, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about the uh, Scream movies. We got Scream 5 coming out this month, which is a lot of fun. So we've been going back and watching the old movies plus the TV show. So we've got uh, we got that planned uh, planned for this month. We've also got a uh, uh, an arc about Boba Fett, everybody's favorite bounty hunter planned uh, for next month. So we got a lot of cool stuff going on on the Phantom University campus. So definitely uh, if you're into sort of a uh, um, uh, like a higher, like an elevated discourse on the nerdy stuff that you love, definitely give it a listen. I must add that it was quite the stealth drop that you did on the uh, Matrix. <laughs> yeah, we just like, we just, well, also because I like went on vacation, like we yeah. literally recorded it like the day before we I left. Oh, I know you were on vacation because you left me to run the show. How dare yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, that's fine. I was having the, the best time. Best time. So instead of talking about all my old shows, okay, we they're in the links if you are interested. I'm going to be bringing up a very, shall we say, shocking surprise. This is the, um, the emoji... Uh, like this is the teaser. This is the emoji you, teaser that I've that been posted running for in the, the last D&D 24 hours. Discord text channel <laughs> that uh, nobody nobody got. nobody got. 
So I am going to be releasing alongside uh, my lovely wife and fellow host of the Resident my Evil. Wife. My wife. Uh, Resident Evil Lorecast. I am going to be releasing a new show at some point. Stay tuned for the info drop. Um, it is going to be the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so if you thought I knew a lot about D&D, oh, I know a lot about Legend of Zelda. <laughs> What's funny is like I never got into the Legend of Zelda games. Get out! Get out of the tower. That well, now I you ha- obviously have a listener now, I, so I can learn about it. No, yeah, it's I am stoked. I'm super excited. Currently playing through. I got a new Switch. Ooh, uh, nice. I'm playing through Breath of the Wild. I've been dying to play for it or play through it for a while. Um, I'm stoked. I'm absolutely stoked. Uh, it is a great game. If you're not playing, go check it out. Um, if you get the ability to, but yeah, uh, I was been thinking about this and we've got a couple other shows in the next coming year. 2022 is going to be a big year for the fumbling forecast as we are in talks with two other potential shows this year. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Boo. <laughs> never, never, never getting back together. Uh, <laughs> And anyway, on that note, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it and tune in next week. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons and Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. Listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.